Welcome to the Cornerstone Young Adults Podcast Channel. Our desire is to boldly declare God's Word and to encourage today's leaders to authentically live for Jesus Christ. To stay connected with us, feel free to like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at cstone underscore YA. Please enjoy today's message. Well, tonight it's an honor and it's a privilege to be able to speak to you tonight. If, if you don't know, my name is Victor. I'm the worship leader, but tonight I'm, I'm doing something a little different. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to you tonight, and, and I'm excited. I am excited. Thank you, Kat. You're good. Thank you. Give it up for the worship team. They did amazing. Man, before we start, I just want to let you know that God has something for you tonight. So be expectant to receive. I, I believe that this year, this year is going to be a good year. Who's excited for 2020? Come on, this is a good year. We believe and we are praying for you in this ministry. We believe that this is a year of growth. It's a year of advancement. It's a year of greater opportunities. I even dare to say that it's a year where you will get unexpected job requests that you didn't even think about getting. I believe that this year will be a year and where car payments will be paid off in full. Come on, somebody. This is going to be a good year. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's a good year. We believe that this year will be a year and where you will see the hand of God move in your life like never before. Let me tell you something. We are not satisfied with living a life of lukewarm Christianity. Let me say that one more time. We are not satisfied with living a life of lukewarm Christianity. If my Bible says that he is a big God, then I believe and I know that I can have big faith. If my word says, if my word says that we serve a great God, then you can pray great prayers tonight. If the word of God describes him as being faithful, we can depend on him to do incredible miracles in your life tonight. And that's what we're expecting for. That's what we want to see tonight. I want to say this, we cannot continue to pray for revival when we are too busy double tapping pictures on Instagram and not tapping into the presence of the Lord, not tapping into the word of God, putting that aside, spending three hours on Netflix but can't spend 10 minutes in the word of God. Come on. Come on, somebody. We cannot, we cannot continue to ask God to move over our cities and move over our generation. And we are the first to judge if we're quick to anger, if we are the first to lie, God wants to do something through you and in you this 2020. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he wants to do something in you this year. God wants us to live our life in him at our maximum potential. And, and that requires a vision. That requires a right heart. That requires us depending on the promises that he has already predestined for us in his word. You see... 2019 went by very fast. Can, who can agree with me? 2019 went by so fast. And, and, and I can guarantee you that 2020 is going to be the same. But there is nothing more satisfying than fulfilling the purpose, fulfilling the plan of God, but doing it with clarity and focus. Can you agree with me that, with that tonight? Tonight we will dive more into what this means. And tonight we're going to learn some practical steps that we can take to live out our purpose in Christ and do it with clarity and with purpose. God doesn't make mistakes. I want to I want to tell you that God does not mess up. You are at the right place at the right time next to the right person to receive a word from the Lord tonight. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm right I'm next to the right person tonight. Father, we thank you 
This month, we've been diving into a sermon series called 2020 Vision. Repeat that with me. Say 2020 Vision. And I want to dive right into the word. I want to encourage you before we go into that. If you have something to write notes with, if you have maybe a phone, you have a pen, a piece of paper, I want to encourage you. If this is going to be a year of growth, a year of growth, if this is going to be a year of advancement, if it's going to be a year and where we're going to get out of our comfort zone, we are going to do, we're going to have to do things and you're going to have to take what you received tonight and not leave it in this place. You're going to have to take what you received tonight and take it into your workplace. Take it into your universities. Take it to your home and live it out. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you want to take notes, this is a great opportunity for you. When you see God, the hand of God move in your future, you'll be able to reference and go to the exact moment that God spoke to you. So this is a great opportunity for you to, for you to write notes. If you have notes, please, I encourage you to do so. I want to I I dive right into my message. And the title of my message tonight is Clear Sight of the Promise. Say the promise. promise. Louder say the promise. promise. If you can turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 through 11. Quickly, quickly to, the, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 through 11. Before we read this tonight, it's on the screens if... if, if, if you don't have your Bible with you. Um, but before we go into this, I want to give you a little backstory. I want to I want to give you a little bit of what's going on in this chapter. This book, the book of Corinthians, is written by Paul to the church of Corinth. Uh, this is to warn them about specific patterns and mistakes that are similar to those that their ancestors made in the past. If we go back to the book of Exodus, we see the hand of God move in the Israelites. We see how God delivers the people of Israel from a place of bondage, from a place of slavery, from a place of pain, and promises to them a land, a promise. That, that land we see in the word of God is, is called Canaan. And, and in the Bible, we see that this would be a land that would flow with milk and honey. That everything that they would plant and every seed that they would sow would give fruit. Why? Because it was a promise of God in their life. We see that God uses Moses as his representative to lead the people to the land that God had promised for them. But through this process, through this journey... Through this season, we see that the Israelites get distracted. We see that the Israelites begin to doubt and their vision begins to get a little blurry. They begin to, be, they begin to believe lies that the enemy places in their hearts. And the result of this is a whole generation of Israelites not reaching the promise that God had for them. You see, Paul realized that the church of Corinth, they were doing the same things. He realized that the church of Corinth, they, they, were, they were following similar patterns. And he had to remind them and warn them of what the sins of their ancestors led them to. So tonight, I want to speak about, I want to speak about five things that if they are not removed from your life, can distort your vision and separate you from the purpose that God has for your life. So if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, if you can go there with me quickly. And it reads like this. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. 
Neither, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as Christ as some of them also tempted and were, and were destroyed of the serpent. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Uh, the, my first point, the one thing that you need to remove from your life in order to have a clear vision of the purpose that God has in your life is lust. Say with me, lust. Lust in this, con in this context is based on satisfying self at the expenses of God or others. What, what does this mean? This means pre the preoccupation of what self wants. This means living a life of me, myself, and I. What, what, can, what, what will benefit me the most? What, what can I do to get what I want while seeing others fail around me? What, what, what is for me? Me, 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 myself, I. That is one of the things in this context that lust, that, the, that Paul talks about in lust. You see, it's a satis that satisfaction or gratification of the, of the flesh. If we go back to Exodus, to the people of Israel... Through their journey, we see that the Israelites craved what they had back in Egypt. They lusted over the things that they had left behind them. We see that the Israelites lusted over the things that they saw in Egypt. And, and what they had in Egypt, it, 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 even though they lusted over it, it came with pain. It came with slavery. It came with hurt. They lusted and craved to have that rather than seeing what God had for them. You see, their feet led them to Canaan, but their heart was in Egypt. Their heart was in Egypt. Can I tell you something? Lust is not only associated with sexual immorality or sexual sin. That is the truth. Lust is not just associated with that. You can lust over a paycheck. Let me tell you that you can lust over a job. You can lust over a position. You can lust over title. You can even lust over your past. Just as Paul is warning the church of Corinth, God is reminding us, reminding us that what he has for us is greater than what you left behind. Let me tell you that your future looks so much brighter than the past that you left behind you. There are times in our life where you're, you're going to lust over the, the things that you used to do. And those are lies being planted by the enemy to hinder you and to make your vision blurry to not see the purpose that God has for your life. And I'm not talking about just 2020. I'm talking about 2021. I'm talking about 2022. There is purpose in your life in everything that you do. And the enemy is going to try to stop that. I want to say that again. Try to stop that in your life. So let's not lust over our past. You see, it is impossible to drive a vehicle forward while only looking at the rearview mirror. It's impossible. You are prone to accidents. You are prone to destruction. You see, that's parallel with our walk with Christ. If we are constantly looking at our past and not paying attention to the promise that God has in our future, future it could lead us to a place of destruction, a place that we don't want to be in. And not because God allowed it, but it was because you did not obey the commandments and see the things that God has in store for you. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God has great things in store for you. I'm here to tell you that the situation that you're in is only temporary because what is coming out is victory. He chose you to carry his victory tonight. The word of God simply says it like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You see, love gives, but lust gets. 
Love asks the question, God, how can you use me to impact my workplace? God, how can you use me to impact my generation? God, how can you use me to impact those around you? While, while lust prays for things according to my will for my life and distracts you from the will of God and the will that God has for your life. Lust, lust, it is important to remove lust from our lives and allow the love of God to give us clear vision. Not only vision for 2020, but 2020 vision. A vision that makes it clear, that you can see the purpose that God has for your life. It is important that we remove this one thing from our life. Because if you do, you'll be able to see clear, I promise you. We're going to go right to my second point. The second thing, idolatry. Say with me, idolatry. If we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7, it reads like this. Neither be, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. This is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth one more time, warning them to remove idolatry from their life. You see, idolatry is a value system. It's a value system that we create and in which we esteem something to be more worthy of our devotion than our devotion with God. Well, simply, simply saying that it means something that is taking the place of God in your life. What is taking the place of God in your love tonight? I, I remember, I remember growing up in church, and there was this man. He he was faithful to the church. He was an usher. Uh, he was always there early. He he made sure that. The pastor always had water. He made sure that all the ushers were ready to go. And, and he had been in the church for years. And I remember that growing up, uh, he went up to the pastor one day and, and he, he told the pastor, Pastor, I need to tell you something. The pastor was obviously there to, to, to be for him and listen to him. And he goes to the pastor and tells him, Pastor, I need to confess something. The pastor's there. Yes, brother, what, what, what do you need? I'm here to pray for you. This man says, well, well, pastor, I, I love the Lord. He tells him, I love God with all of my heart, and I love to serve him, and I'm willing to serve him for the rest of my life, but there is just one thing I cannot do. And the pastor is asking him questions. What, what do you mean? What is this one thing you, want, you cannot do? He says, pastor, I cannot give you my money. The pastor, the pastor took a step back and was a, little, was a little caught off guard, and he tells him, I cannot give you your money. You'd have no idea how hard I've worked for that money. You have no idea the blood, the sweat, the tears that I've, that I've shed for this money. It's my money. I made this money. I cannot give it to you. Yes, I can, I can buy equipment. I can buy food for the poor, but don't ask me for my money. A week after that, this man has a heart attack and it's, ends up in the hospital. A few days later, a few days later, he passes, and a group of men from the church uh, connect with his family, his wife and his kids that he left behind, and go help him remodel his house uh, just to help him out a little bit. And in this process, while they did this, they found bags and bags and bags, I'm talking bags of money between the walls. 
But the crazy thing about it is that this money was, 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 was getting rotten. It was falling apart because of the mold. It was falling apart. This man had bags of money, but the money was falling apart in front of them. This man left no inheritance for his family, left his family alone. The bags of money were becoming destroyed in front of them. This man was more concerned with the money that he made than with the one who was the provider. Maybe there is something that your life that is getting the priority over God. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's prestige. Maybe it's, it could even be education. It can even be money. Let me tell you something. It can be pornography. It could be social media. Things that are taking your time away from experiencing a supernatural encounter with the Lord. Things that are taking the place of God, being the center of your life. It's easy to, to remove God from the center and maybe put Netflix right in the center. You revolve your schedule around what you need to watch on Netflix. You revolve what time you need to go to bed, what time you need to go wake up in order to catch the latest season of whatever is going on. But you only read your Bible when you come, on, come out on a Tuesday night. You only read your Bible because you get a notification that says verse of the day. What are the things that are taking the priority in your life and are getting the glory in your life? Something it's something that is removing God from being the center of your life. Having idols in your life can make you doubt and believe in the lies that the enemy plants in your life. The Israelites believed the lies that what they left behind was greater than the promises that God had for their future. He had a promised land. He had a land that was flowing with milk and honey. He had a land that was prosperous. But because of lust... But because of putting things in the place of God, they focused their attention on what was behind them. And were not able to see the things that God was doing in front of them. Removing idols will break through the confusion that makes you ask the questions like, what should I do? Where should I go? What is my next step? It's questions like, should I follow my love for money, my love for drugs, my love for power, my positions, and enjoy a limited time of satisfaction? Or should I follow the joy of the Lord that is my strength and is my internal salvation? When you remove these idols from your life, it gives you a clear vision of what the answer to that question is. When you remove idols from, a, from your life, it gives you a, a clear vision to say, I am going to serve God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. Putting him at the center of my life, and I promise you, C3, that when you put him at the center of, of, of your life, everything has to fall into place. Everything has to fall into place because that's the kind of God that you serve. A God that is concerned for your well-being. A God that is concerned about what you will wear, what you will drive, what you will eat. He is concerned about the details in your life. But when you remove him from the center, it's not that he is less concerned about you. It's just that you're putting him aside and deciding to hear the voices of what social media has to tell you rather than what the word of God has to tell you. It's that simple. It's that simple. God is never not concerned about you. He wants to know you more. Removing these idols from your life will give you a clear vision of God's purpose for your life. I'm going to move quickly because time is advancing. 
the, the third thing, the third thing that we're going to touch is fornication. Say with me, fornication. This is, this is a heavy one. This is a heavy topic. If we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three in 20,000. Fornication simply has to do with everything that has to do with sexual immorality or sexual sin. This is an issue that is, that is very present in our generation today. It is so present in our generation today. It is present in our schools. There are kids that have access to pornography even as small as the age of eight years old. It is present in our homes. We have access to our cellular devices. It is present even in the church. I was reading a story this week about a pastor and a young lady. This young lady comes to the pastor and tells him, Pastor, I need your help. Pray for me. Something is wrong with me. I need your help. The pastor is intrigued, goes up to her and tells you, of course, I'm, I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to help you. What is wrong? She continues to say, Pastor, I need your help. I, I, I need your help. Something is wrong with me. Pray for me. I need you to pray for me. The pastor continues to insist. What is wrong with you? I can't pray for you. I can't pray with you if you don't tell me what is wrong. The young lady begins to break down and tells him, Pastor, something is wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me, but my husband tells me that something is wrong with me. The preacher, the pastor begins to ask her more questions. And she begins to open up a little more. And she tells him, Pastor, every time... That my husband and I try to have an intimate time together. He has a pile of magazines under his bed and tells me that I'm not enough for him. Tells me that what I have to offer him does not satisfy the desires that he has. She says, Pastor, pray for me. Something is wrong with me. He tells me that something is wrong with me. He tells me to understand him. The pastor begins to ask more questions and the, and the young lady responds with, Pastor, I was afraid to tell you this. But my husband is the youth pastor at our church. You see, this is an issue that is present everywhere. Both single or married, young or old, in ministry or not. Everyone is subject to the desires, appetites, passions, and temptations that take their toll and prohibit them from becoming what God intends them to be. I'm going to tell you something. Sin is sin, period. There is no greater sin. There is no lesser sin. There is no big lies. There is no white lies. Sin is sin, period. But in this, we can rejoice because Jesus came to take all of our sins away. In this we can rejoice because Jesus shed his blood to cover all of your sins. Maybe you are here tonight and you're saying, man, I messed up. Maybe you're here tonight and you said, man, I, I fell again. Maybe you're saying, if only, if only it could have gone another way. If only I wouldn't have answered that phone call. If only I wouldn't have received that picture. If only I would have sent that picture. If only. Maybe you're here tonight asking those questions. I want to encourage you, you are an overcomer. I want to encourage you, you are an overcomer. One of the greatest gifts given to us is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. 
is the, is the shedding of his blood over all of our sins. But the best thing about it is that not only does he remove your sins from your life, but he fills the gap with joy, with peace, with love, with an abundance of his grace. You are an overcomer. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you are an overcomer. God's promises, God's promises are for those who are overcomers. God's promises belong to those who are overcomers in Christ Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that maybe, maybe you, you've come to this place and, and you're saying, man, I, I, I've really messed up. I'm, I'm here to tell you that there's an opportunity for you to remove this from your life. And once you remove this from your life, you'll be able to see the clear purpose that God has for you. And you'll be able to see that not only Jesus removes the sin, but he forgets about it. He forgets about it. It's, it's, it's clean, clean slate. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to, I, I want to jump into my fourth point very quickly. And as I caught cat, so you guys know that I'm almost done. But my fourth point, my fourth point, if you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. It says, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. My fourth point is tempting God. Say tempting God. One more time louder. Say tempting God. Tempting God is simply this. Demanding that God do what is contrary to his character. It means telling God to do something that is his against his will for your benefit. This, this may look like maybe you're sleeping around when you know that it's against the will of God. Maybe it's lying and cheating in your relationship, but as still asking God to bless it. Doing things that you know are wrong, but trying to quote unquote hide it before the Lord. I'm here to tell you he knows every detail of your life. You may think this is a bad thing, but this is a great thing. He knows every detail of your life. And because he does, he knows that he has what you need. That because he knows every situation that you're going through, that he knows any problem that you are facing, that before you can even come and ask him, he knows. But when you come and ask him, knowing that it's against his will, that is tempting the Lord. Not only is that a sin, but it will hinder you from receiving the maximum and full potential of what God has in your life. God never intended us for us to live a life of Christianity, just a mediocre life. He wanted us to live a life at our full potential, at our maximum potential. That's a life of success. And all of this is done through Jesus, through Christ. Tempting God is believers wanting to enjoy the benefits of salvation salvation, and the pleasures of sin at the same time. This is what Isaiah 55, 8 says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Putting our trust in him will remove the blurriness. It will clarify the purpose and the plan that he has for you this year. And I said it, I say it one more time, it's not only for this year. It's for the rest of your life. It's for the rest of your life. It's for your family. It's for your generations. Teaching them how to fear the Lord. And removing lust, removing fornication, removing idolatry from everything that you do. That will prosper you and will lead you to a place of purpose, a vision, 2020 vision for you. Finally, finally, the fifth point that I want to touch on tonight, it's is murmuring. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. What is murmuring, you may ask? It's negative confession. This looks like complaining, rumoring, gossip, small remarks, cutting comments, sarcastic jabs, words that are rooted with hatred. This leads to relationships being broken. This, this doesn't only mean your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but it can mean your father and your mother. It could be a relationship at work, a relationship with a friend. One of the most powerful tools that we have, I've said this maybe a billion times, but one of the most powerful tools that we have is our tongue. It has the power either to destroy or to build up. It's one of the most powerful weapons that we have as believers. We are here to edify and encourage. We are not here to judge or tear down. We were meant to follow the example of Jesus. And never did he go walking around tearing people down, making them believe that he was greater. Making them believe that he was more spiritual or, or a better Christian. We should be the first to love. We should be the first to be compassionate. We should be the first to hold our tongue and only declare what the Word of God says. And not out of a place of hatred, but out of a place of love. How can we expect to live the life of purpose that God has for us when we are quick to comment? We are quick to criticize. Maybe, maybe it looks like talking about, talking about your, bo your boss behind their back, but yet expecting a raise or, or, or a position. In order for us to have a clear vision of what God wants us to do, we have to see through his eyes. Will you stand right where you are? In order for us to have a clear vision of what God wants us to do, we have to see through his eyes. Those are eyes of compassion. Eyes of love. And what we say needs to reflect his heart. I want to encourage you. Paul is, is warning and reminding the church of Corinth. 
don't repeat the same things that your ancestor did and remember what their sin led to. There is a promise, there is a purpose created for you. But if you allow things like lust and idolatry and fornication, things like murmuring or, or testing the Lord, if you allow these things to come and blur your vision, you will miss the purpose that God has for your life. God doesn't, God doesn't put this in front of you. God does not put lust in front of you. God does not put fornication in front of you. God does not put these things in front of you for you not to see his purpose or to make it a little difficult for you to see his purpose. No, it is us. It is us allowing things in our life, the lies of the enemy to take over and take control. And I'm not telling you, Dom said this uh, uh, last week, and I'm not telling you that you can express your emotions because we can feel joy, we can feel peace. But I'm telling you not to let your emotions control you. So tonight I want to encourage you. Maybe some of you have come tonight and said, man, you know, I, I've been battling with, 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 with lust. I, I've, been, I've been desiring the things that others have and I've forgotten the promise that God has for my life. You know, I've been battling with lust. I, 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 I want to have that position and I thought that job was for me, but, but, but I, know, I, I know God has greater for my life. Maybe you're in a position where you're, you're battling with fornication. You've messed up once, you've messed up twice, you messed up three times. I want to tell you, that Jesus loves you and you have an opportunity tonight to wipe that away to remove that lie from your life maybe you've been battling with murmuring maybe you've been talking about someone maybe you you've been talking bad about certain people and that's breaking relationships in your life maybe you don't have the best relationship with your father or with your mother with with your significant other, with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, because of something you said. I don't know what the Lord is speaking to you tonight, but I want you to know that this is a place, and tonight is the night where we're breaking every bondage in the name of Jesus. Tonight is the night where we're removing all types of sin that is hindering us from our promise. Removing this will give us clear sight of the promise that God has for us. So tonight I want you to close your eyes. I want to invite the Hope team and the Next Gen team to come up. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't, don't, I want you to not get distracted. This is a very special moment. If there is something that you've been battling in your life, if something that I said tonight, one of the five things that I talked about today and Paul warns us in his word, if one of those things resonates in your life and you're saying, I need to, I need to battle this now. You might be saying, Victor, I really don't know what my 2020 is going to look like. 
You might be saying, Victor, I really don't know what I really want to do with my life or what my purpose is or what I'm supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to be doing ministry? Am I supposed to be doing something else? Maybe you're in a place of confusion. And you're saying tonight, that is enough. I'm going to deal with this now and no longer will it have a hold of my life. With all eyes closed, if that is you tonight, I want you to come up here. We have people that want to pray for you tonight. We want you to step out of your seat and want you to join us down here where we are. If you've been battling with lust, you've been battling with fornication, with idolatry, tonight is the night that that is broken in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's still people up here wanting to pray for you. If that is you tonight, step out of your seat. Be bold. I promise you that this is going to change your life. God is wanting you to live a life of freedom. Bondage is not part of who you are. You were not created to be bound by the sins of this world. You were not created to be bound by the lies of the enemy that have been planted in your life. You were created to be free in the name of Jesus. We pray that this message has blessed you. For more information about our ministry, visit essaycornerstone.org forward slash college.